Ephesians chapter 4, and then if you want to hold your finger in there and then turn to Matthew chapter 28, and uh, we will read in Matthew as well from verse 18 to 20. So Ephesians chapter 4, reading from verse 11 through to 16. So Christ, gave him, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ." then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And in Matthew chapter 28, reading from verse 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Over the past 18 months and possibly longer than that, but that's as far as I could remember, uh, we have been on a journey here at Skyview as pastors, as board members, as ministry leaders. Uh, I've even had discussions with some parishioners uh, in an attempt to answer an important question. The question is simply, what does God want for Skyview? Another way of asking this question is to ask, what does God expect from us? What does he desire for us? What does he want us to be and to become? Many churches respond to that very particular question in specific ways that reflect both their theological perspectives that means what they believe the Bible teaches about God and about creation and about people and about life. And they also uh, respond to that question by considering the context in which they find themselves. In other words, where do they live? Where do they find themselves? Are they in an, an urban center or a rural place? What are the nature and the temperaments of their people? What are the kinds of jobs they do? And so churches throughout time that become vibrant and indeed fruitful answer this question in two ways. They discern what it is that God is saying to them about himself and about life, and they discern the culture within in which they live, and they bring then to bear that which God has called them to in relevant ways and in meaningful ways. We felt that we needed to do the same here at Skyview. Hence the fact that I'm now preaching from an iPad. Wow, okay. I'll edit that joke for when I tell this thing again. What we discovered is that over the past two years, two things became very evident. The first is this that God has called us to become a community of faith. What we mean by this is simply this, that we exist to promote, to encourage, to inspire, and to invite everyone whom we come into contact with and that is in our care to place their firm trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 
This is without compromise the calling of the church. This is what we've been assigned to do, is to invite and encourage and help in whatever way we can, people to place their trust and their hope in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Second to that is this, not only to place our faith and hope in Jesus Christ, but to encourage, inspire, and do all we can to help people to grow as followers of Jesus Christ. It is not enough to simply believe in something. I believe in good health, but do I go to the gym? I believe in many good aspirational values in my life, but do I follow up and actually live into it? And so we believe that Jesus Christ is the beginning point of a life of transformation and maturing. It is biblical. It is scriptural. We are called to follow him, to be people who are shaped by him, to mature into him, and as the Ephesians passage says, to grow up in every possible way into the Lord Jesus Christ and into fellowship with God himself. We do that for for one specific reason, not just for our own sake, but for the blessing of our city and our world. We believe that God wants to redeem all of creation, that God wants to set all things straight We believe and we know intuitively that the world is not quite right. It is not quite the way that God has destined it to be. We know it in our personal experiences and we see it in the news and society. We know that something is fractured, something is wrong. And we believe that the answer to that, the healing to that, comes not only in a personal faith in Jesus Christ, but learning how to live as a growing follower of him, pleasing him. The questions we ask in our community so that you would be clear about what we are is are you being encouraged to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Are you a person who knows very clearly that that is what we exist to do? We invite you to place your faith in him. But second to that, if you answered yes, the question that is very important is are you growing? We do so here at Skyview so that we can be a church that embraces the calling of God and makes a difference for his sake and for his purposes. We believe and we are incredibly optimistic that God can do incredible things in and through people who take him seriously. We believe that we can be his very extension in this world. That good news is, is healing, good news is restoration, good news is redemption, and that God begins that work in ordinary common people like you and like me, to which I will say amen myself. So this morning, there's a lot of things in your bulletin, did you notice? You guys are tough, man. Uh, you will notice that Uh, We have these icons, and they represent uh, the various values that I will be preaching on over the few uh, the the weeks coming. But if we flip the slide, I want to start off by answering this question: Why we exist? uh, By looking at the first phrase in this statement: We exist to help people come to know Jesus. The Book of Ephesians is a wonderful letter, actually, and in Ephesians itself. It makes clear that there is a problem in our world. In fact, if you were to pay careful attention to the opening chapters of Ephesians, it speaks of the reality of the world as a place in which people experience alienation, separation, isolation, 
moral fragmentation. I love the Asian words today. Uh, it, it makes this point that the power of sin and its ability to distort, to disrupt, and destroy should be taken seriously. That when we read Ephesians, we get a, a real sense that there is something like sin. And sin is perhaps for many of us doing bad things. But at the heart of sin is, 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 this, is this movement towards destruction, disruption, and, 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 and violating the very essence of what God has created this world to be. It is a sense in which Ephesians is saying, the problem is far bigger than any person in this world can fix. Look, you can be a person who is socially conscious. You, you can be a person who says, you know, I want, to, I want to do work to, to help the poor and alleviate the pain, and you will find that that is good work, perhaps even rewarding work, but you will also find as a Christian that when you start one place, it is everywhere. You can easily become overwhelmed and recognize that the problem is far bigger than we have the ability to correct and to, to fix. You will also find that the problem is inside of us that we have the tendency as human beings to do the kinds of things that brings destruction, that brings death. I know it's not popular to speak. We speak about a good moral person. We speak about ourselves as nice people. But the scripture says, in our lives, we have the propensity and the tendency, and it refers to it as kind of incarnal sin, to do the kinds of things that opposes the very will of God. Now, when you listen to me and you read Ephesians, you may feel overwhelmed by that, and perhaps you would say, hey, maybe it's time for some good news. And the good news is, is that the gospel is the answer to the problem. Jesus Christ is the hope to the problem. Christ makes all the difference in us and in this world. And when we turn to him, he is the hope to the problem that we cannot fix. The reason he is our savior is because we cannot save ourselves. The reason he is our redeemer is because he alone can redeem. The reason why he is the beginning and the end, because there is no one else like him and it is in him that we invite you and us to place our trust this savior jesus christ is the one that all of our ministry seeks to promote we do not serve this church and its community for any lesser reason than that that we would learn to place our response, our hope in Jesus Christ. The way we respond to that is by having faith in who he is and who he claims to be in scripture. And so when, you pre when I preach, when, when Pastor Jeff preaches, when, when Pastor Trent preaches, there's a whole bunch of preachers amongst us. Uh, when, when, when Pastor Coulter preaches, uh, I hope I can get him to preach again. You know, uh, uh, I asked him once, he did a great job, and, and some of you complained that we didn't have him back. I, I, I'm going to ask him again. But whenever these men preach, whenever we teach, and we want some women preachers, by the way, as well. We want you to know that we preach for faith, not for good morals. We don't exist to make you nice people. People from other faith, faith traditions, people from non-faith traditions are good people. They are good people. They have great morals. They do great things in the world. We exist as a people of faith to promote faith and trust in the Savior, Jesus Christ. In Him alone can we participate in the healing and restoration of this world. I'm getting blessed if you are not. I think the implications for Skyview is significant. When you measure the value of our community, I pray that you would not measure it in terms of what we offer you. 
I pray that you would not come to church and say, I hope the church will meet whatever need it is that I have. I pray that you would discern that to be a part of a community of faith is to lose yourself to the purposes of God. I trust that you would understand we do not exist to make you feel good. Although I hope that when I preach, it sometimes does. I hope that when we sing, we celebrate with joy because of who Jesus is. But I want you to understand that the church does not exist to meet your needs, your heartfelt needs even. It does not exist to make us feel good about our life. It exists to establish within us a faith in Jesus Christ that forever changes how we live our lives. I think the implications for Skyview are far-reaching, and it is incredibly exciting. That is that all our ministries, our programs, the direction. How are we doing for time? Is anybody timing me? How much time do I have, Joel? Seven minutes? Seven sounds good. (laughs) Okay. I just gave myself two extra minutes. I have seven minutes. That is that all our ministries, our children ministries, our youth ministries, our programs are shaped by promoting, encouraging, and inviting faith in Jesus Christ. Second, we exist to help people grow into mature followers in Him. You see, when you become a Christian, you don't automatically, all of a sudden, be a mature person in Christ. We know that we are saved not because of what we do, and that that salvation is sure that God gives it to us as a grace, But just as a newborn child, if there's something wrong with that child, it will not grow. Just as we know that it is implicit in new birth for growth to take place, it is implicit in new birth in Jesus Christ for you and I to grow up. Dare I say this this morning, that you can can experience belief, but faith that transforms is the kind of faith that Jesus speaks about and the Apostle Paul preaches about. God invites us not only into a moment of decision. Did you hear that? He doesn't invite us only into a moment of acceptance. He invites us into a life of transformation where we grow not to become smarter theologically or nicer people, but we grow in our capacity to love, to serve, and to give as Jesus Christ has given to us. As Christians, we are called to be filled by the one who abides within our lives, lives within us, and grows us up in all ways to be the very people God has called us to be. The question this morning is not a question simply of faith. It is a question of growing. And I know that perhaps for some of you exegetically inclined, you're wondering how the scripture relates. I hope you see that in all ways, Ephesians are telling us that Jesus Christ makes such growth possible. And the way in which Jesus makes it possible, get this, it's going to blow your mind. Zach and Zach, you guys are dressed down today. Where's the ties? I I put on a jacket because you looked so fine last week. Um, Now you're in shorts and a T-shirt. Essentially, the question is for you and me this morning from the text. Whether, in fact, we understand and know 
that Christ gives us all we need to grow, and one of his greatest gifts to your maturing, to my growing, is the church. You know what Paul says? Paul says Jesus gives gifts so that the body would be built up in unity of faith and in the knowledge of Jesus. Do you know what the gifts is that he says is given? Men and women to equip and to build you up. I want you to understand, it's perhaps a new paradigm for the church. It shouldn't be, it's an old paradigm, but perhaps a new paradigm for the way you think about the church and its function. That the church exists to help people come to know Jesus Christ and we must do all we can. We had a number of people at Alpha on Wednesday. Thanks be to God. Isn't that wonderful? Is that cause for celebration? Yes, thank you. But the church exists to do this well. Men and women that God calls to do and to use their gifts so that you, we, will grow into the people God wants us to be. You see, you're at Skyview, and I'm finishing now. Our ministry leaders are not volunteers. We certainly don't want all of you to be ministry leaders because that's just not what the Bible expects. But our ministry leaders are called of God and given to this community of faith as a gift to help you grow, to help me grow. It is your responsibility to receive in faith and to respond in obedience to the ministry that is offered here. The church is not the only place that you can grow but it is one of the ways in which God makes such growth possible. I'm skipping some of my notes, and I hope you realize that is a spiritual discipline right now. <laughs> we know and we grow, not only for our sake, but for the sake of our city and our world. I want you to understand and get this picture. Whatever God does in and through us, he does it for the joy of knowing us. He does it for the joy of being in relationship with us. But that joy is a joy that is so much greater than just you and me. God desires for good news to come into the city of Calgary through you and my life. The work we do, the people we meet, the places we go. This is an opportunity for us to be the very extension, the very maturing people of God who brings the hope of Jesus Christ into every part of this world beginning in our city. You know, when Jesus sends out the disciples in the book of Acts, he says, begin in your own hometown. Now, we support foreign missions. I thank you that you do, because here I stand. Because some crazy missionary from the United States got on a plane and came to South Africa years ago. We still need people to do that. We, need, we still need people to go. But we also need people to be missionary right here in this city. And there are many of you that have great opportunities to do so.